You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'll be your host this week, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. And we've got the band back together. So welcome on Matt. You can follow on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Thanks, Ali. It's, uh, it's good to be back after missing the, missing the last show, sadly. But yeah, not doing too bad. Um, hay fever's kind of catching up me a little bit. So I'm going to try my best not to, to burst into a sneezing fit. If I do, I'll be sure to to mute the mic. But now, apart from that, doing doing good and looking forward to today's show. Good stuff. And then I'll welcome on the other amazing co-host, Kev, who you can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. How you doing, Kev? Do you know what? I'm doing really well, actually. I've got, um, I've got Love Island in the thick of things. I'm a convert after <laughs> rugby player from uh, from my, my local team's ditched us and gone on it. So I thought I'd have a little... Obviously, I'm looking at the girls as well, but um, yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's pretty good. And also, I've got some amazing news today that um, Paul Picking made it into Scott Fishbowl. So that's all mm. six of us at the Wildcat team that are in there now. So um, it's going to be amazing. But yeah, we've got a cracking show tonight as well. Plenty of debates on Dynasty. Maybe that's a little hint. We have uh, life is peaking for you at the minute, Kerry, isn't it? You've you've been welcome to Love Island. You've got the Eagles <laughs> being relative in the in the NFL, and and yeah, the the fantasy wildcard team. We're all in the Scott Fishbowl, so it's a peak fantastic time at the minute, and and even better because we've got a fantastic guest on tonight. So on tonight's Wait, show, we were. I thought you had me. <laughs> I'll get to you in a second, Evan. Um, on tonight's show, we welcome on the host of the Dynasty Debates podcast, a writer and ranker over at Dynasty Nerds, and Northern Ireland's greatest ever export, um, an incredibly busy man. So we give a, a warm fa- fantasy wildcard welcome to, to Evan Brown, who you can follow on Twitter at FFEvanLution. How are you doing, Evan? Uh, I'm, I was great until Kevin was talking about watching Love Island. Um, <laughs> I might have to leave the show, but I only what have I? one. I only have one account blocked on Twitter. One, and it's Love Island account. That's literally the only account I have blocked on all of Twitter. I cannot abide it. So that is it. Um, but no, I'm great, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show. It's an absolute honor and a privilege, even though. According to your intro, it sounds like Liam Neeson's coming on the show. Um, <laughs> but I am excited to to talk some Dynasty uh, with some lords, some absolute lords over here in England. And I get to meet, well, Ali's being a bum and not coming down. But I get to meet two of the three wildcard studs next month. And I'm excited about that as well. The best two. It's always the best two when there's two of us on the show. So you'll meet the best isn't two. Lond- isn't Londinium your hometown as well? Like you were literally coming to your front door and you're like, nah, I'm watching Love Island. Piss off. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So with that, we'll we'll start tonight's show. Um, it's it's going to be an absolute cracker. So on tonight's show, we'll be doing our very own Dynasty debates, which is going to be fantastic. We're going to get Evan to decide who he wants in Dynasty startups in our head-to-head contest between rookies and veterans. So without further ado, we'll start at the quarterback position and we'll go for the rookie, Kenny Pickett versus Mac Jones. So Evan, which side do you sit at that argument? I will give me the, give me Mac Daddy, the super Mac, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, all aboard the Mac Jones hype. I don't need no little baby hands on my team. Get him out of here. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I agree with it, to be honest. We're never going to start off and get straight and get stuck into having straight away. Um, I think I'm I'm you're allowed side. to be wrong. It's a free country. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I'm on the picket side, to be honest. I mean, I've got I'm QB 19, QB 22 for Matt Jones. So it's not it's not a million miles apart. But I just feel like Pickett is... It's not very often we get a rookie quarterback that falls into a good situation. I feel like Pickett's kind of done that. Obviously, the weapons that they've got over with the Steelers. They've yeah, got Najee in the backfield. They obviously drafted George Pickens. Um, and yeah, obviously, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, even Pat Frymouth as well. They've got plenty of weapons there for him to succeed. We know he's got that little bit of rushing ability, whereas Matt Jones is, uh, is kind of like a statue. Um, can't really offer you much in the running game. So despite the fact that he did look great as a, as a rookie and, I will. I will commend how how well he did as a rookie. I, I didn't see it, and I think he did. He did really well as a rookie. But even still, in terms of fantasy, it was nothing to to be excited by. So, yeah, I kind of just said pick it, pick it, but it's it's not. It, it's splitting hairs, really. QB nineteen, QB twenty two. It's it's not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That is just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones is a top twelve PFF quarterback as a rookie, and he played better than any other rookie quarterback last year. Is is Kenny Pickett a better quarterback prospect than Trevor Lawrence? I ask you. And Mac Jones blew Trevor Lawrence out of the water and all the other rookies. He threw over 500 times. There's this whole narrative of like, the Patriots are unheavy. They only run the football. They don't throw. He threw over 500 times. It was 14th in the league. That's middle table. That's not terrible. He was 7th in money throws, 10th in air yards, 13th in passing yards, number 2 in pressured completion percentage. Mac Jones is a stud muffin and we need to put a bit of respect on his name. Well, Evan, I mean, it's cape up and back here, to be honest. It's actually nice to be on a show where I'm not getting too wound by uh, Ali and Matt, so that's that's the first thing, but just, just to set the scene really for the show, all these picks we're going to have are, are very close uh, in ADP. So they are going to be tricky, but we're here to help guide the audience. And I'm with you on Mac Jones. I just think their careers, comparing them with, with their range of outcomes, they're probably pretty similar. They're not going to be QB ones in my eyes. But I just feel as prospects, you've got Pickett who's rising or into a similar range as Mac Jones based on his situation. If we're looking at these as talents, Matt Jones is a better player than Kenny Pickett. And I just feel like if something happens like Deontay Johnson leaves next offseason, that's going to be a big issue for Kenny Pickett where Matt Jones, he's not had a lot of people, not a lot of good people around him. So I'm going to bank on the talent. And you've also got to think in this range, if you draft, it's probably a QB2 I'm going to stick with a guy that I think's definitely going to be a QB2 rather than someone that might be a QB2. I think that's a really yeah. good point as well, Kev, because the quarterback position is so tricky. You know what I mean? All the time we think, like Trevor Lawrence, we thought he was like the next coming of Andrew Luck, and he may still be. I'm not writing him off by any means. I still like Trevor Lawrence, but he came out and sucked. And we just don't know. So we haven't seen anything. We know Mac Jones is at least decent, and I think there's a lot more, a lot more to come. See, not so fast there, Evan. Um, <laughs> Pickett's the guy that you want. Pickett's the guy that everybody wanted. I tried to tell everybody before the, the draft that Pickett was the guy, but these Did two weren't having none of it. I've got quarterback 20 to 22. To be honest, it, it's splitting hairs, but I'm just going to go with the, the quarterback that was picked first this year against the, the guy that was picked, what, fourth, fifth last year. Um, he walks into an offense that's immediately got much better weapons than New England. They've added they've added some average weapons this this off season. 
New England is a run first team. I don't care what anybody says. They've drafted 400. <laughs> I don't care what they've the drafted, stats say. <laughs> <laughs> they drafted 400 running backs. Um, they're just going to keep running the ball. Um, eighth most attempts last year. They don't care how they win. Bill Belichick doesn't mind how he wins. He's a defense-minded coach. He wants to just grind the, the other team into a into a pulp. So he wants to win, win running the ball. Um, the Steelers had the fourth most pass attempts. Even with Big Ben last year, old Noodle Army couldn't even throw the ball. Yet they still tried to throw it. So just shows they're, they're willing to do it. Um, and then Pickett has the ability to, to at least scramble. So you're going to pick up them extra points. So I think Pickett has got a higher ceiling than than Mac Jones. So um, you're just wrong. You just, <laughs> I mean, this if, if, if you ignore them. all the stats and you ignore all the other things, then you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, then, yeah. I don't remember Baker Mayfield's first first year. That is NFL. reasonable. I mean, we all want to talk about how, how he was hyped. He was he was going like top five quarterbacks, weren't he? I think after his rookie season and. What, he didn't really develop into much again. Another player on a on a run heavy team. So I don't know. It's it's still early, early days, I think, for Matt Jones. We can't say just because we've seen him play in the NFL that means he's already going to be better than Pickett because we haven't seen Pickett. I mean, it, it can go either way. So it's still early days, but yeah, I'm just just throwing that one out there. QB eighteen. If we're, if well, we're just basing it. it on hair, then I'll go Pickett because he does have some <laughs> sweet hair. <laughs> he gets the swag points, I suppose. So, is are these two close in in your rankings? Are they sort of in the same tier? Like, I think we've all got them in the same tier. To be fair, so yeah, they're pretty close actually. Um, I think a lot of these guys are really close. So I think they're literally like two or three apart. You know, it's not like a mile. It's not like I have Mac Jones as a top twelve quarterback. Just just don't don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have Mac Jones as a top twelve quarterback. Yeah, no, they're they're fairly close. But I would edge towards somebody I know is competent at least where we just don't know. We don't know with Kenny Baker. He could be an absolute stud or he could, he could end up just literally sitting behind Trubisky all year. We don't know. We just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in Superflex, they're, they're going to be your quarterback two or possibly even quarterback three. So whether you play Hopefully it safe, if you're quarterback two, then then you want to probably go with, with Mac Jones because you know what he's going to bring you. Um, so yeah, but, but pretty much in the same tier. So we'll move on to a couple of running backs now. Um, Brees Hall, the rookie, Versus Javante Williams going into to year two. So Evan, where do you sit on the, with this argument? Um, I'm on the right side. I I'm with Javante Bay, um, the RB one of last year's class, and yeah, it is pretty close. To be fair, it is pretty close. Like I'm not going to say I like Brees Hall a lot. I just think that people are over um, egging the pudding a little bit, as they say with. You know, kind of just, I mean, and the thing is that surprises me is Matt, of all people, should know this as the <laughs> Michael Carter truther. He should not be so quick to write off his beloved Matt Michael Carter so quickly. I think, honestly, it could surprise people how much Michael Carter is still involved in that offense. I think they come from like a Shanahan style tree where it's a hot hand approach, where there's multiple people involved. And just from an NFL perspective, that seems the way that the NFL is trending. So it wouldn't surprise me if it's like a 60 40 or something like that. Or even if, even if Michael Carter's only getting the third down work and pass catching, that still cuts into Brees Hall's value. So for me, those are some of the reasons. I think Javante Williams is on a better team with a better quarterback. I think there could be more red zone opportunities. Of course, Melvin Gordon's still there. So of course that cuts into his value a little bit, but Melvin Gordon is what, like 30, 38, 47. I don't know. Um, you know, he was awesome last year and a hundred percent, but even in that timeshare, I saw Javante Williams be almost an RB one. Um, and I think he's only going to get better. You know, he's still only in his coming into his second year of his contract. He does catch passes. So, you know, he's amazing. He's beautiful. He is everything you'd ever want in a running back. He is, 
<laughs> I'm joking. Um, I do really like him. He is he is a really great running back. I like Brees a lot, but I just wouldn't I wouldn't take him over that just for those sort of reasons. I think you know Javante Williams, number six in yards created, number seven in yards created per touch, eighth in juke rate, sixth in evaded tackles. Dude's an absolute dog. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking Brees all. I think it's really close. Um, Have some of that. that that's me done. Now, um, <laughs> I was a very insightful analysis. I liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just backing talent. I've got Brees all really, really high in my rookie model, right up there just behind Jonathan Taylor. It's not saying Javante Williams is low in my model. He's really high up there as well. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just backing the fact that out of all the running backs in the league, I can only see one jumping into that Jonathan Taylor tier, and that's Reese Hall. Um, yeah, I've not got much to add, really. I've, I, I, he makes me breathless as Reese Hall, actually. <laughs> he needs to walk around a little bit and cool down after talking about Reese Hall. Now. <laughs> I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm, I'm with Kev. I think I'm, I'm siding Reese Hall here. Again, it's obviously close. RB4 compared to RB6, so not a lot in it. Same tier again for me, but... Yeah, despite my love for Michael Carter, I'm, I'm in on Brees Hall. And, Trader. Uh, I know, I am such a traitor, Evan, but I'm in on the talent. I mean, this is a guy that we spoke about before. If you if you look, if you the people in the in the Debbie circle, Brees Hall was somebody that they were dropping the pants for, basically, when it when it came to him as a, as a freshman. And it's just it's just produced ever since. And I just feel like because, obviously, Bijan Robinson in, in Debbie circle has become the, now the, the hot talk. It's I feel like Brees Hall has been overlooked. But, I mean, there's no denying the talent. We've seen how explosive he is, what he did at the Combine. It's all just unreal. He falls into that that jet system, which I think is kind of similar to what he had at Iowa State. I believe they ran kind of similar in terms of outside outside running schemes. So, I feel like that fits into this Jets offense. So, um, yeah, I just feel like a lot of it sets up for, for Brees. Obviously, both got to contend with... With partners, he's got Michael Carter, Javante Williams has got Melvin Gordon. Do love both these running backs. If I could have both on my on my team, um, I would absolutely love that. But if I'm if I'm picking one, I'm I'm still going with Brees. So the shiny new thing, I'm, I'm obsessed with the shiny new toy. Your love means nothing. <laughs> I mean, if, if I've got for Michael you. Carter all year, all last year, all we heard Michael Carter, Michael Carter, Michael <laughs> Carter, and now it's just like get tape. I mean. Both it's can so rude. Them, you know? I mean, both, maybe I'm just a Jets fan. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it wasn't. I think it Michael is. Carton. Maybe I'm I'm the wrong side of New York with the team that I support. Mm. <laughs> you might be, but you're also wrong in this conversation, Matt. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong because yes. <laughs> Javante's one one spot yes. higher than than Brees Hall. Mm. Uh, just because I get, get too uh, spicy there, are they? <laughs> I mean, I absolutely love both of these guys. Uh, we are pretty much splitting hairs here, but. I'll just go with the guy that I saw absolutely dominated when he got the ball last year. He's going to get more scoring opportunities this year. I can't I can't wait to see that offense with with let Russ cook. It's going to be fantastic, and I, I do believe that they will phase out Melvin Gordon towards the second half of the season. So we all know that Hall Hall is is awesome, but we get to see him take a snap. So we just need to to chill out a little bit. We need to pick our pants up. And we need to no. we need to put Javante ahead of him. <laughs> honestly, because it's like we're talking about a seat top half of Kev because you don't want to see him. <laughs> I do believe that Javante, you said Breesaw is the only guy you can see jumping up there, but I can see Javante getting up there into the into the, the Jonathan Taylor. If you before Melvin Gordon re-signed, but Javante was the was the fantasy darling. You couldn't offer anything and get Javante in the trade. So um, not much has changed apart from an old man has joined joined the backfield with him. So 
so yeah um in the same tier but but you're wrong <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be, move on to uh, another pair of running backs we've got kenneth walker and we've got jk dobbin so evan who have you got with this side of the argument um i'm going kenneth walker the third for multiple reasons really um i mean first and foremost dude is a stud I really, really, really like him. So it's not just landing spot or draft capital. Those things are just helpful pieces of the puzzle for me. Um, I think if you look at it, then the knocks on Kenneth Walker have been, oh, but he's not going to catch passes. And that's really important for fantasy. Whilst I 100% agree with that wholeheartedly, I also look to, well, what is the what is the roadmap for Kenneth Walker's success? And that roadmap is called Chris Carson. So we see that Chris Carson, whenever he was healthy, was like a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, and he never had more than 50 targets. He wasn't catching 80 balls or whatever. Um, they have a better O-line than when Chris Carson was there. Chris Carson could potentially retire. It looks really bad, which sucks. I love Chris Carson. He's been an amazing running back, really fun to watch. So obviously I'm not excited or celebrating that. It's just a sad reality. Rashad Penny has never been able to stay healthy to save his life um and and truthfully in 2020 dobbin's best year when he was healthy he played 15 games he only had 24 targets so if your argument is about targets and you're concerned for kenneth walker you shouldn't be using that as an argument if you're going to argue for dobbins you know dobbins is coming off a serious injury um lamar is a rushing quarterback they love to run the ball but they also have gus bus edwards who is not going away they've got tyler batty they've got you know They've got a lot of competition there. I think J.K. Dobbins is a very talented running back. I really like J.K. Dobbins. But honestly, I could easily see a world where Kenneth Walker is like the 95% absolute day-in, day-out dog for Seattle, and he's getting like 35 carries a game. You know what I mean? That could happen. I don't think that happens for Dobbins. I don't think that happens at all. I don't think there's a world that happens unless they're just really unlucky with injuries and, you know, everybody else goes down and he's the only healthy dude. I think it's really likely he has a slow start to the season because they're spreading it around a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me to see Tyler Batty get involved. He's a talented dude. Um, take some of the pass catching work if there is any. I mean, I just, I just, for me personally, Running backs are here for a good time, not a long time. So if I can get a younger guy who's less injured and in a great situation, I mean, honestly, if you think of the top three or four running back landing spots in the NFL right now, Seattle's got to be up there. Pete Carroll wants to run the dang ball like this is 1970. You know what I mean? Like Pete Carroll loves it. He loves running the ball like a fat kid loves cake. And Kenneth Walker knows how to run the dang ball. Love that um, 50 cent lyrics, 21 questions, good shout. Um, I'm with you, Evan. Um, Kenneth Walker yes. for me. Yes. Uh, 50 cent shares a birthday with me as well, but that's a different story. So, yeah, Kenneth Walker, I think if you're looking at Walker and Dobbins, you see guys that are both excellent two-down runners. They're probably better at pass catching as well, but we haven't seen it with Dobbins. With Walker, we don't know. We're just assuming he's not going to catch passes based on so one year in college. Um, I see Walker as like a mini Nick Chubb sort of guy. The fact that he's really talented runner. Um, he's not got the injury concerns. I think the only way you can put Dobbins above Walker is if you're, if you're saying oh, he's in a better situation for touchdowns. So that, that'd, be, that'd be the only reason I can think, oh, if you're really scared of um, Rashad Penny. 
I'll be honest, I'm, I'm with both of you guys as well. I've got Walker's yes. RB12 against RB13, but yes, Evan, I'm I'm on your side <laughs> for this one. I think I'm taking Walker, probably two pretty similar players, just like you just touched upon the fact that got knocks against me in terms of what they can do in the receiving game, but running the ball, I think Walker's brilliant. Um, just looking at this year as well, I feel because of the poor quarterback play, they've got to establish that run early. We know, like you just mentioned, Evan, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, so I feel like it's going to be a lot of early runs trying to just wind the clock down, grind out the wins. And and if you're going to do that, no better running back than Kenneth Walker, who's just an absolute beast. Um, yeah, don't, I don't have much more to add on it. I'm, I'm on your side with Walker. Ali, four for four. Guess what? You're wrong. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. I, did you boys watch Rashad Penny the second half of last season? <laughs> Did you watch him? It was like watching Jonathan Like Taylor. three games? Yeah, I saw that three game stretch. It was great. <laughs> I mean, what was he running back three or something on the last six games? He was unbelievable. So, uh, Kenneth Falk is probably not even going to see the field this year. So, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> well, J.K. Dobbins is scoring 20 touchdowns with, with the Ravens that are just going to absolutely smash it this year. They're going to win the Super Bowl for, for Tom Strachan. Um, and Dobbins is going to win MVP. So... That's my side of the argument, but but yeah, that <laughs> I again I do I do really like Kenneth Walker. He was my most picked rookie um, at the rookie draft, so I, I made sure I got him in a lot of places. So I clearly believe in him, and it was clearly it's, not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a tough sell to be honest against you three because you all gave really good arguments. So um, yeah, I like both these guys. They're both in the same tier. There's just three spots between them. So uh, yeah, but I just I just like Dobbins. I have always liked Dobbins. So. I'll just go with that with that guy. So we'll, we'll move on swiftly to a guy that I really don't like in in James Cook <laughs> versus Tony Pollard. So so Evan, where do you sit with with this one? <laughs> I'm just going to take a moment here to calm down, <laughs> Ali. I mean, I'm still reeling from your terrible take about Kenneth Walker, and then you give me a double whammy with uh, Hayton on my my man, my man crush, <laughs> Sir James Cook. Like this guy invented. Like, he discovered the Sandwich Islands, man. How can you disrespect this man? Like, he is an absolute Legend. stud. No, dude, Jane, T- Tony Pollard, you know what? Tony Pollard makes me sad because I feel like every dynasty analyst has, like, the biggest hard-on for Tony Pollard, and he's never going to be what everybody thinks he should be or wants him to be. And that's just the cold, hard truth, and I think we just need to wake up and put our big girl pants on and embrace that truth and just be real and say, look, he's a great dude. He's a, he's probably a lot of fun to play chess with, um, but he's never going to be this stud muffin RB1 that we want him to be. He's like third or fourth league third or fourth year in the league he's he's behind ezekiel elliott he's probably not going to supplant ezekiel elliott as much as everybody wishes that he would give me all the james cook i literally could talk for three hours on this i will try to keep it to an hour and a half because i know we have other people to talk about but james cook has better draft capital a better landing spot a better quarterback than pollard he was the third running back selected in this draft class he thrived in a timeshare in college he doesn't need to be the dude just to be able to put up fantasy points if Nothing changes from last year, which things are going to change. Spoiler. There are over 80 targets available to the running back position. So this whole like Josh Allen doesn't throw to the running backs is kind of a lie. Uh, Singletary has proved to be an incredibly inefficient pass catching back. He literally averaged, I believe off the top of my head, like five yards per reception, which is pretty hashtag bad. Impressive. Moss <laughs> is gone. He's dead and buried. RIP Moss. So that was fun while it lasted. He already has better 
draft capital than either of those two. He even if he is just getting the occasional rush, but he's getting 60 targets. The worst running back last year with 60 targets was like RB 24, 25, which was Miles Gaskin. That's his absolute floor, in my opinion. He is a much better pass catcher than Singletary or Moss. He's a much better pass catcher than Miles Gaskin. He's one of the best pass catchers that we've seen in the last four classes of the running back position. He's very fast. He's going to be an absolute weapon in that offense. I think he's a low-end RB2 at his floor, which Pollard wishes he could be like a low-end running back to mid-running back to. And that's like, that's just all there is. That's all there is. That's all she wrote. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, James Cook for me. Um, we've wanted Tony Pollard to be the man, but he's not. There's not an out on Zeke's contract till next season. If, even if they do cut him, it's an amazing running back class coming in. So exactly, you might have a sell window, but but yeah, it's it's James Cook. Better, like I mentioned, better offense. Um, good bloodlines as well. Is 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 uh, <laughs> old brother's pretty decent. Um, Stud. I thought you'd mention that, Evan, with the uh, <laughs> skull. Um, I don't want to get accused of being a homer. You know what I mean? Like, I've got to keep my my analysis on the yeah. level for the people. Agreed. But, yeah, I just think better situation. Singleton did well, and they've took a guy to replace him. So what are the plans for Cook? I mean, I've, I've written down Pollard as, as the guy I'm going for. It's literally RB20 against RB29. I haven't got much in, in this fight, to be honest. I mean, I don't really like James Cook. I'm kind of higher on Ezekiel later. I think a lot of people are in Dynasty. So, I mean, I don't even really like Tony Pollard that much. But um, I just think like we've seen something from Tony Pollard. I feel like he's he's going to be used. I've seen talks he, he might see some some opportunities in the slot this year for, for Dallas. I mean, that's that's a positive towards Pollard. But, yeah, to be honest, I, I can't really fight too much because I'm, I don't really like either of them, to be honest. So. How dare you? You're supposed to back me up here, man. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, to be honest, we, even with me, I've got three spots between them, so it's not like I really like Pollard and really hate Cook. Although I really do hate Cook, I think for me, it's it's pretty much a Ceh situation where it's oh god, look at the team that this favourite for the Super Bowl. They, they draft a running back. We we better go get him in in fantasy and let's reach for him in the first round. No, I don't. I don't get it with him. I don't think he's going to be something in in the NFL. He was. A lot of people had him ranked double figures out of their running out of their rookie running backs this year, and all of a sudden he's he's up to like running back three. He was um, my RB four pre draft, so well fair fair play. But there was a lot of people. Three. <laughs> well, he was RB three for Kevin about an hour before NFL draft. Before <laughs> yeah, that, he was RB fifteen. We have to. A guy that couldn't even beat out Samir White in college, who was a mid-fourth round pick, who had two ACL injuries in college. He couldn't even beat him out. Are you talking about the guy whose nickname was Zeus, who was a five-star recruit? Is this who we're talking about, just to be clear? Yeah, he basically couldn't run on two ACLs, and he still couldn't beat him out. So, to be honest... Frank Gore, who is like the third all-time rusher in the NFL, is that who we're talking about? Yeah, he stuck around, but wasn't that great for fantasy in the the end of days. But um, just give me Pollard, just because I want to go against... (laughs) <laughs> against what you're saying we I have to have you... a bet we have to have a bet on this i cannot this is i'm triggered i'm down i literally have james cook rb like 24 pollard's like 36 in my rankings oh spice wow i mean i'll just take the complete back he's he's in the timeshare um he came on leaps and bounds last year and he's one seek injury away from getting a really big workload so uh so yeah pollard by by three spots big difference 
I mean, we're all forgetting um, about Duke Johnson as well over in the Bills. I mean, Cook's got a battle on his hands just to get that, that RB. Yes, Matt. Over. Yes, Matt. We'll <laughs> leave it at that and we'll move on. <laughs> we have to have a bet. We will figure out a bet. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Um, we will go with the wide receiver now and Drake London against Michael Pittman. Um, don't worry, Evan. I think we're going to agree on this one so we can, we can all chill out. But yeah, which side of the argument do you sit on? This one is like the hardest one I think of all of these for me, honestly. Like I literally don't even want it. It's like choosing between my children. This is not cool. Like this is so tough. I love both these guys. Honestly, I had to decide based on the kind of, well, the premise that I was pitched was if this was a startup. So if you're taking these guys in a startup, oh, I, honestly, they're back to back in my rankings. Um, I, I probably would take Drake London. Um just honestly, like I said, it's super tough. I mean, so both for me have similarly projected volume and target shares this year. Both probably see 140 plus targets. Pittman's probably in a better offense most likely this year, but you just, we, we don't know how long Matt Ryan's around for. Um, honestly, I couldn't fault you either way. You know what I mean? If you want to go Michael Pittman, I freaking love Michael Pittman. I actually just did a show about Mike, you know, Michael Pittman was one of my breakout stars for 2022 spoiler alert hashtag. Um, and I think he could potentially, I think his range of outcomes could be a potential low end wide receiver one. That's how high I am on him. You know what I mean? I also think Drake London could potentially be a top 24 wide receiver as a rookie. I mean, he could literally get 150 targets and that would not shock me. Um, so it's, it's honestly whoever you prefer, I would say at this stage, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough for me. Yeah, no, I think I agree. This is probably the toughest one out of the lot. I've got them neck and neck. RB, uh, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 19. So neck and neck. I just favor Pittman. I just think for the reasons you just touched on, Evan, um, just kind of prefer this offense that he's got over it in there. While Matt Ryan's obviously getting up there in age, he's still a pretty damn good quarterback compared to what Drake London's going to have to deal with. Going up against a, a tight end that's pretty much a wide receiver in, in Kyle Pitts, who I feel like it's going to take a lot of a lot of targets as well. Obviously, there's not really anyone else beyond that, but I just feel like Pittman, he's, I think he's nailed down as, as the wide receiver one in that offense over with the Colts. Um, and as I say, with, with Matt Ryan there, I feel like he's still got a, a few years left in him yet. So, um, yeah, just just favour Pittman, but I agree it's pretty close uh, between between both of them. That was very solid analysis. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Matt, but provide not so solid analysis, I think. Um comes down for me, better QB. Um, Pittman's the alpha. I can't see London ever being the alpha over Pitts. No. Um, and, and also, like my per, my strategy in startups is to sort of favour the the veteran over the rookie because you know what you're getting. And I hate Pittman, but I'm taking Pittman here. <laughs> well, you don't hate him that much. Why receiver 18? That's pretty high. <laughs> dislike Drake London. Well, not dislike him, but I just think he's like the, for some reason he's the consensus. Rookie wide receiver one. The only time we see Burks go ahead of him is the the draftsman with Matt. Well, yeah, because Burks isn't as good as him. <laughs> yeah, and London was selected eighth overall, which is why I've got him so high. And just the fact that the Falcons are going to absolutely suck this year because they're in division with the Buccaneers, so they're going to have to throw an absolute ton. So London, London's going to feast. And yeah, I, I do really like Pittman. I was probably the highest on him when he came out, and. Um, but the two years that we've seen him, he took a, a step last year. But for me, I can't ever see him being a top 12 wide receiver. So I'll just go for the guy who I, I can see eventually being a top 12 receiver. You've got Pitts, who's going to take a lot of the targets, the, the first cornerback, the quarterback one from the, from the team. So he's going to see the second quarterback or, or third cornerback. So I'll just go for London. Um, 
just because I think he's got that ability to to get into the the top twelve eventually. But again, they're both pretty similar prospects to be honest. Although in my rankings have gotten pretty far apart, but that's that's more to do with Pittman than it is to do with with Drake London. And Drake London's got a better name as well. So, <laughs> Londonium. <laughs> So we'll go for a bit of a freeway for the, the next one. We've got oh. Traylon, <laughs> Traylon Burks versus Garrett Wilson versus the veteran Chris Godwin. So, so Evan, where do you sit in that three-way? Oh, man, didn't think I'd get asked that. Um, <laughs> again, this is kind of tough, but I think if I'm in a startup, I – yeah, I think Godwin – Probably goes into the last slot for me on this one just because I've seen him dropping a lot in like startups and stuff. So I don't I don't even think this is really a, a question of I think you can get one of the two rookies and you can get like Godwin the next round. Um personally. So I would probably go um you know, for me I would probably go Garrett Wilson and then I would get Godwin on the way back and I would just say, Forget you, Traylon Burks. Um <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I honestly just I think that um Godwin is awesome. He's coming off a serious injury. As much as Tom Brady is a freaking robot and we don't know anything about like how long he's going to play for, it wouldn't surprise me if he does right off into the sunset after this year. You know, he's got that what 700 billion, you know, dollar contract to be a, a commentator after he's done. So if they win the Super Bowl this year, I imagine that's a great way to go out or if they bomb out in the first round of the playoffs, I imagine that could just be like, ah, you know what? I came back again. And you know, this, this is, is, is what it is. And then at that stage, if there is a changing quarterbacks, I think Goblin's what a 28 year old wide receiver at that stage um, with a, who knows what quarterback could be Kyle Trask. We just don't know. Um, you know, I just think there's a quite a big age difference. You know, you're getting six years and I think both those other guys have really solid chances of being studs as well. Um, you know, I, I would, I would put it this way. I'd be very surprised that if Garrett Wilson is ever worse than like a top, 24 top 30 wide receiver i don't see many worlds where he's a complete bust burks to me personally is more of a volatile prospect but he's in a great situation i mean he's literally in the situation where the guy that they comp him to landed and succeeded and did really well so you know i think for me i would go wilson and then i would try and swoop back around and get goblin i mean i did a startup with the kev meister here and i took goblin in like the sixth or seventh mm -hmm. round burks was long gone you know drake i took drake in like the fourth or fifth round so like you know what i mean Dang. it's it's not a situation where you have to choose between those guys you can literally just grab whichever the rookies you like and swoop back around and get goblin yeah i think it's uh you're gonna be all alone on your garrett wilson love island tonight um i just think it, it's coming for me I, I i think there is concerns about obviously tom brady but his role in the offense playing a lot from the slot and that sort of role it's gonna it's gonna be whichever qb is there it's gonna it's gonna be easier targets over the middle he's proven it he's been the wide receiver two overall before so we know he's got the ceiling the the start of the season with the injury is going to be a bit of a concern if you if you win now like me, but I just think where he goes, like you've got in that draft, he is a value. Um, but I still do rank him higher than than both the rookies again. Like I said, veteran wide receivers plus Garrett Wilson. I'm not even sure he's the best wide receiver on that team. Nice, nice way to end that one, Kev. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, technically, he's my, drop at the end. I have a Moore <laughs> ranked higher than him, so. 
legend. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going with Kev. I'm afraid I've, I've got Godwin uh, <laughs> top of these three. He's my wide receiver yeah, 13. But then <laughs> I've got Traylon Burks wide receiver 16 and, and Wilson wide receiver 18. So they're not miles apart. Um, I think I'm I'm quite harm Burks compared to well, especially to Kev, even though because Kev we know he, he fades those those young wide receivers. But um, yeah, for, for, like Kev said, I think what what Godwin's done in in the seasons that he has is finished wide receiver two. We know he's got that that super high ceiling. And even last year, finished wide receiver 16 and he had a few games where, where he struggled. So, yeah, I just feel like Godwin is that proven talent. I feel like he's here 26, 27. So, still plenty of years left in him in, in terms of wide receiver age. And while I do absolutely love Traylon Burks, and I think his ceiling could be could be higher than than, than what these guys are. I think he could get up to, to being that elite, I don't know, mid-wide receiver one in, in fantasy. But um, it's still early days. We've not yet seen him even have a snap in the NFL. So, um, just for that, I'm, I'm taking the proven wide receiver in Godwin. Yeah, and it's it's a full house here. Uh, Godwin for me, which is a surprise for me to his fan. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, I'll just pick the guys in with my own eyes. He, he is the Buccaneers offense when he's healthy, which unfortunately isn't always. Um, I've got him as wide receiver 14, Wilson wide receiver 17, and Burks wide receiver 18. Uh, the fact Godwin's 26, still he's still pretty young. He got paid this offseason. Um, and, and as we mentioned, is is Wilson even better than Elijah Moore? Well, that's that's just another debate. I've got them two fairly closely ranked together as well. So I'll just take the guy who I've seen as finishes wide receiver two before. Uh, but but yeah, I love all three of these. They're in pretty similar tier, to be honest, if not the same tier. So um, we we really are splitting hairs between these three guys. But I'll be happy to own any of these three guys in a in a start, to be honest. And it's interesting what you say that you can actually get Godwin around around later. I've not done many startups recently so not been able to gauge the value but that is well honestly really interesting. i wouldn't be surprised if you can get him even later than i i just was like i can't let him keep falling you know what i mean it was like mm. the sixth round and i was like dude i can't i really wanted i think it was i think it was rashad bateman or michael pittman was still on the board and i was like oh i really want them but like man somebody's got to put some respect on godwin's name <laughs> here and it's got to be me and then, unfortunately, I think whoever it was, Bateman or whatever, got left before he could get back to me. So I picked the wrong way. But, um, no, I, I think, you know, absolutely, especially with Rookie Fever and all that kind of stuff, if you were doing a startup, I think you absolutely could grab Burks or Wilson, whichever your preferred target is, and then swoop back around and get Gobble in the next round, maybe even two rounds later. I think people are just a little bit freaked out. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. honestly, genuinely, Taking the names aside, the reason that would be part of my strategy is that rookie wide receivers have so much insulation in their value in Dynasty. Because honestly, Nikhil Harry sucked his whole career, but he sucked his rookie year and everybody was still hyped on him going into the next year. And everybody was like, man, he's going to take that sophomore leap. And you were still able to (laughs) flip him for like a first and something else. If you wanted to, that's, what's going to happen, dude, with these guys, people do it every year in dynasty. We love rookies. We love young players and we love like narratives. And so even if Burks is like, why did she were 30 this year? You know what I mean? People are going to be like, dude, he had a rough off season and and, uh, 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 Malik Willis is going to take over and uh, it's going to be awesome. And then people are going to like, you know what I mean? Where, Whereas Goblin's going to be a year older. Like I said, if Brady retires, rightfully or wrongfully, that impacts his value in people's minds. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, your potential trade partners has just narrowed down from like the mm-hmm. whole league potentially to like only three people in the league who are really excited about Godwin. Whereas everyone's excited about a second year wide receiver. Everyone's excited about Elijah Moore. You know what I mean? So that that would be yeah. my perspective on it. It's just value. Yeah. It is. And especially with the last couple of years, we've been blessed with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and everyone's chasing that next that next guy because of the the value that you can get yeah. if you do pick one of those guys. So, um, talking the to the next, 
And talking <laughs> of the next, Justin Jefferson, we'll move on to the next rookie, <laughs> Jameson Williams <laughs> versus Devonta Smith. Um, Evan, what, what side of the argument are you, are you on? I mean, I like both these guys a lot, um, but I, I would go Jameson Williams personally. I think for me, so so it's interesting. I'm a sort of like talent above situation kind of player usually, especially with wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I really like Devonta Smith, but he's unfortunate in the fact that AJ Brown just came to town. And like AJ Brown is an absolute stud. Like, I don't know. I think there's been some like narratives building that he's not a stud, but I'm just here to tell you as a fellow Brown dude's a stud and like, he's still a top five dynasty wide receiver in my book. Um, So that does hurt his value. Even if it was like Aaron freaking Rogers throwing him the ball, it still hurts his value a little bit that he's got an absolute dog. And now, now across from him, he's going to take some of the targets, you know, you've got running backs, you've got a rushing quarterback. So I think it hurts him a little bit. I still think he's going to be really good. I think Devonta Smith is, is probably going to be a top 24 wide receiver this year. Um, But I think Jameson Williams could be special. I really do. I had him uh, wide receiver three pre-draft, but it was only like a very narrow margin. Like, so Garrett Wilson and um, Drake London were pretty much neck and neck for me. And then Jameson Williams is just a little bit behind, partially because you only see that one year of crazy production, a couple other little things like that. But man, when you do see what he did in Alabama, which is like the closest thing that we get to the NFL in college, dude was a freaking stud, man. He can like tear it up, his his ability to shift gears, his ability to slow down and just change up his speed and his routes. Uh, Everything he does is pretty electric and pretty exciting. And I think, look at what we saw, Amon Ross St. Brown be an absolute stud for fantasy in that offense with Goff as his quarterback. So mm-hmm. if they get an upgraded quarterback and Jameson Williams is fully healthy and they've got like Swift and Hawkinson that so the defense can't just fully focus on Jameson Williams, holy crap. You know, like wouldn't surprise me if we see like a Jalen Waddle type explosion <laughs> from him either at the end of this year or like going into next year. So for that reason, I would take Jameson Williams, but I like both. Yeah, now I'm with you having Jameson Williams. I mean, you, you probably know if you if you listen to the fantasy wildcard since since the NFL and, and leading up to the NFL, I've, I've been high on Williams. Um, he was my wide receiver too. Still got him as a wide receiver too, despite that the injury. Obviously, that's going to be be knocked against. A lot of people are going to be concerned that he's coming off that that ACL injury and and he's potentially going to miss some time early on. But yeah, I, I fully agree. I'm I'm super excited about Williams. I feel like the fact that Detroit gave up that draft capital to to aggressively move up and and grab him. Kind why? of hints hate, that... why do you have to bring up that? Why you gotta bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to do that to you, Evan. But um yeah, I just feel like it just points towards the fact that they, they absolutely love this guy. As good as Amon Ross St. Brown is, I feel like Williams is gonna he's gonna be that that clear number one in, in this team. The, the quarterback play is the concern, but I feel like this team, despite the, the upgrades that they've made, I still feel like they're gonna struggle next year and they've got that ability to to change quarterbacks and, and the situation could quickly improve as well. So yeah, I'm all in on, on Williams uh, as, a, as a prospect, as, a, as an NFL player, as a as a fantasy player. And yeah, I'd be taking Williams personally. Yeah, this is pretty cringy when I'm sat here with my Philadelphia cap on. Um, <laughs> Homer. Homer. <laughs> I'm taking Devontae Smith. Um, I think he's a better prospect. Um, James Williams' prospect isn't terrible by all means. He, he deserves to be up there. I've actually moved him up my rookie ranks. I dropped him down to, I think, wide receiver seven. I've moved him back up to five. Um, just, be, just because I've got concerns that he's going to do anything of note in the first half of the season coming off that injury, I think there will be a buy window for him in my eyes. Plus, I just think the type of wide receiver he is, he's potentially going to be better in real life than fantasy. The fact that he's a home run hitter, 
I don't see him getting volume with all the other great guys who've got in there, Swift, Hawkinson, and the Sun God. You've got QB. Con- <laughs> yeah. You've got QB concerns with, with, with Goff. He's not really a deep passer. Um, you've got the fact that the they could have another wide receiver next off season. I don't think Jack's the man, to be honest. He's on a one-year deal. Devontae Smith, I get the concerns. AJ Brown's come in. Dallas got it, we love. The Eagles have brought AJ Brown in. They're not going to be a, a, a run-heavy team. They're going to be a pass-heavy team in my in my eyes. Give them a shot. And if it don't work, there's plenty of ammo next season to get uh, one of these high QBs. So it's gross. I'm probably not taking either of them in a start at the cost, but I'll be home. Kevin. Um, yeah, to be honest, these two are, are back-to-back in my rankings. Obviously, we're 20 and 21. And the, my answer would have been different had AJ Brown not been traded to to the Eagles. I, I really do love Devonta, but he, obviously his his ceiling is slightly capped now with with AJ Brown there, who is Evan, as Evan said a stud. Uh, but, but Jameson Williams is someone that I absolutely love long term. I do see him possibly being a wide receiver one in my eyes. He just got that extra gear compared to the other rookies. He can potentially be that next Tyreek Hill, just absolutely dominating. Um, I'd, and I love just love how the aggressive the Lions were. They were like, let's just have anything. We want to trade up. We want to trade it with the Vikings. <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. We'll take your spot. Um, Not cool. <laughs> which no, it wasn't cool to be honest. It absolutely ruined my night. The fact that um, you took Lewis Seen with that pick, and it completely ruined my night because I really wanted him the next pick. But, but that's another story. But yeah, Jameson Williams. Uh, um, I do want the Lions to get one of these top rookie quarterbacks, possibly next season, or or even a veteran. Just just anything upgrade from from Jared Goff, and you'll see Jameson Williams really really dominate once he's back and he- back healthy. But but yeah, back to back in my ranking, so uh, it's it's a toying cost to be honest. Um, so we'll move on to to another wide receiver debate. It's it's Sky Moore against Darnell Mooney. So Evan, are you going for the rookie or the vet? I mean, this was really like pulls at my heartstrings because I'm like a huge like Mooney truther. You know what I mean? Like I I wrote an article about him his rookie year because everybody was sort of comparing him to KJ Hamler and sort of saying that KJ Hamler was the move. And I was like, I wrote an article like about it, and I basically said like Darnell Mooney, in my opinion, you know, is the better the better guy to go for. And it's been awesome to like be right about that for this whole time. <laughs> but saying that, I think that unfortunately I probably would go Sky Moore here um based on a couple of things so i love darnell mooney absolutely love him and i think he is a stud but i think that it's just a mess chicago's a mess and i'm not saying this as a vikings fan i'm just saying it as like an nfl fan like chicago's an absolute mess at the moment i love justin fields but i have real concerns about him just because i personally believe specifically when it comes to the quarterback position the surrounding cast the coaching staff all that stuff really matters for young quarterbacks to establish themselves, to continue to grow, to take those next steps. And I don't know what this head coach is going to be like, but he's a defensive-minded head coach. Um, I know the last head coach is one of the worst head coaches I've seen in a long time. They didn't do anything to help him. I mean, they've really not helped him as far as like giving him more weapons. So it's just a bit of a mess. I think Donald Mooney is going to be great for fantasy this year. I think he's going to get 100,000 targets, um, and he's an absolute dude. But... I think Sky Moore is a great prospect. I really liked Sky Moore. We don't often see 
prospects from those smaller schools being early declares, that's really unusual. Like usually they have to stay sometimes even like fifth year seniors because they need all the like chances they can get to get in front of like these NFL teams and make a name for themselves. So the fact that he's able to do that, the fact of his production profile is pretty insane. And if you watch his tape, I mean, I'm more of a tape person than analytics person myself, but man, he is fun to watch. Plus his surname is Moore. And I'm like anybody named Moore. I'm like a huge <laughs> fan of automatically adjust the ranks. Elijah Moore sold DJ Moore sold sky more sold so like i think that you know and ultimately yes we don't want to over inflate for landing costs but he did land at one of the best places you can possibly land you know like patrick mahomes is a top three nfl quarterback tyreek hill's gone you know what i mean those are truths those are facts and now the mistakes that we made with Michael hardman who wasn't very good and we artificially inflated his value because of the landing spot. Cornell Powell, who wasn't very good, who we artificially inflated his landing spot. You know, CEH, who was okay. He was good. He wasn't great. But we are, you know what I mean? I think people are snake bit. Or they're feeling a bit gun shy because of that. And they're like, oh, I don't want to make the same mistake. This is different in my, in my mind. I think he's an absolute stud. I loved him, you know, pre-draft. I had him as a first round rookie draft grade. Do you know what I mean? Like I would have taken him in the first round. Didn't care where he landed as long as he got like day two draft capital. You know what I mean? I was happy to take him. So the fact that he's landed with the Chiefs, with Mahomes, they clearly have a plan for him. They they can utilize his skill set in a multitude of ways. Yes, he's not Tyreek Hill, but he's very great with the ball in his hands. He can do a lot of things really well. Um, he has better draft capital than Darnell Mooney. He's got a better quarterback situation. He's got a better offense. He's got a better head coach. He's got, you know, the sky's the limit in my opinion. Wait. You know, the sky's the <laughs> limit. My, you know, and, um, but no, I apologize for nothing. <laughs> so I would probably go Sky more, but I do love both of them. I'd love to be able to take Sky more and then like swoop back around and get Darnell Mooney. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm going Sky more. There's a gap of seven between them in my rankings, but I think that tier 20 to 45 is like, it is really tricky to, to put them in a, an order, but you can be fully convicted in. Um, I think you nailed it, Evan, just everything you said, well, well bang on. So I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> I mean, Sky Moore, and I'm going to use the term that I say all over Twitter, and it's not even close. I mean, I absolutely hate that term. But uh, yeah, Sky Moore, quite <laughs> easily. That was a great use of that <laughs> term. Thank you, thank you. Uh, wide receiver 29 for me compared to wide receiver 40 for Darnell Mooney. I mean, yeah, Darnell Mooney did great last year. But Ouch. I just feel like the situation he was in, I mean, it, it was in a situation where he couldn't fail, really. I mean, Alan Robinson ended up on the back of a milk cart, and he was nowhere to be seen. Yes. Um, so just just got that opportunity. Whereas Sky Moore, I mean, I'm kind of upset that he's landed with the Chiefs because now he's, I loved him pre-draft. Now he's landed with the Chiefs. His price is the shot through the roof. I'm happy to overpay to get him, but I'm happy to do it, to be honest. I absolutely love Sky Moore. As I say, wide receiver 29, tied to Patrick Mahomes. Give me all the Sky Moore. Well, I'm afraid you're wrong because <laughs> we're so close to his first. Darnell Mooney, I can't believe you both got him ranked in the 40s. That is shocking. That is and disrespectful, rude. to be fair. It's disrespectful to Darnell Mooney, a guy that it, he was the reason Alan Robinson disappeared because he dominated so much. His his on the field chemistry with Justin Fields um, from week eight onwards, he was the wide receiver 12. He was wide receiver one from week eight onwards. So. He was a fantastic wide receiver. He had more points than Jalen Waddle in that spell. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, and better PPR than points per game than, than Tyreek Hill. So um, I, I can't believe he's been ranked in the 40s. And then the fact that Sky Moore, the, the Chiefs waited till pick 54 to take him. They could have took him with the first couple of picks in the first round that they had. There was a ton of wide receivers went before Sky Moore. Um, so, I mean, can he be that special, really? Uh 
we'll we'll see. Um, but it might be a case of Darnell Mooney is better for this year. So I mean, I've got nine spots between these. So I mean, I don't I don't hate Scott Moore, and I don't I don't really love Darnell uh, Darnell Mooney that much. But it might be a case that you can you can possibly sell Darnell Mooney on the back of this season. It's not someone that I've got high hopes on for for the next two or three years. I mean, they're bound to bring in someone really decent down the lines and. Dano Mooney might not be that alpha type receiver. So it might be a case of if Sky Moore has a, a slow start to the season, if he's not the wide receiver one or even two in Kansas City, then you might be able to to flip these. And, and Sky Moore might be a better prospect in the future. But just for now, I'm going to go with, with Dano Mooney. Um, so, yeah, that, that brings us to the end of the, the section. So we're going to go to the wildcard selection where we're going to, uh, going to get our guest Evan to pick out that one player that he Whoa. believes will be the... <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, I have it on the... good authority that I get three wild cards because I'm such a good friend of the show. That's what Kev said. Just the one, uh, the, the player that's going to improve their dynasty value the most in 2022. So, so Evan, who are you going to pick with your your one pick? Well, I get three picks, but the first pick is um, <laughs> is going to be a really a guy who is a real like diamond in the rough, an absolute stud, um, Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington <laughs> Chicago. How, how, how do I kick it out of here? <laughs> Dude, this is so hard. I was saying to Kev, I really struggle with this question because um, there's a couple of guys, man, that I really think are going to I, – I genuinely think that <sighs> – Tell me this. Who's got the hurt? Who's got the Hertz ADP? I might go Hertz. Who's got the Hertz? Where is he? God. No idea. Um, <laughs> I think he's top ten. To be honest, I think he's. Oh, is he? High. Never mind. No, no. Never mind. Never mind. He can't get much higher than that. But no, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna say we've already talked about Sky Moore. I was gonna say Sky Moore because I think that he's coming in right now, like wide receiver 36. I think that's gonna be so much higher next year. I mean, look at how many times people tried to trick us into believing Michael Hardman was a thing. You know what I mean? Sky Moore is an actual good wide receiver, so I think he's an answer. See how I'm sneakily getting to in here? I like you know. <laughs> this is just take some notes. Just take some notes. But uh, my real answer is going to be Trey Lance. I think that um, I think that Trey Lance is like, I really think he's legit, first of all. Second of all, I feel like everyone's like freaking out. Well, not everyone, but there's a lot of people freaking out about him and, you know, like, oh my goodness, uh, you know, he didn't start his rookie year and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, dude, you know, I know it's a different era and stuff like that, but this has happened before. I mean, Aaron Rodgers waited three years before he played, you know, and good coaching staffs, which I mean, I get frustrated with Kyle Shanahan, but he is a pretty good coach at the end of the day. Um, good coaching staffs know when to let their players develop, know when to give them some time and know when to push them in the deep end. So I think that for me, Trey Lance is going outside the top 12 as far as I am understanding it right now in startups uh, for the quarterback position. I think that he is the starter this year. I think that he's locked and loaded. I think he's got that Konami code that we want, that we we absolutely love for fantasy. Actually, Actually think he is a good passer of the football he can pass outside the middle of the park like jimmy g can't um so i think that his value actually will his his what he brings to the offense can actually really help um the offense open up a little bit and not be so one you know kind of two-dimensional so i i think that this time next year i think we'll all be talking about him as like a top top eight top 10 quarterback in startups because i think once people see it seeing is believing you know once they see it they'll be like oh my gosh that was amazing um and i think that he's got that same konami code that we want to see you know from a hertz from a um you know fields from any of these guys josh allen i think he can do that with his legs we've seen that in college 
We even saw it in his limited starts. You know, when he wasn't that good last year as a rookie, he still put up some really awesome numbers. A lot of that's because of his rushing upside. They're going to possibly let him use his legs in the red zone rather than just use the running backs in the red zone. Um, so I think that, you know, I even think that his his value is going to actually buoy uh, Brandon Ayuk's value. I think Brandon Ayuk's going to have a better season um, and he'll be my third pick. So I'm going <laughs> to say, so I'm going to say Trey Lance for some of those reasons um, that I've already covered. I think the draft capital they've invested in him, they're going to have to give him a shot. Um, I think they do believe in him. Honestly, if you actually listen to the players, not just the noise, but if you listen to George Kittle talk about him, if you listen to some of these players who are in the camps with him and stuff, dude looks like a stud. Looks like he's really putting in the work. He's really like, I heard a thing today, the, the rookie, you know, or the, you know, mandatory minute camps are over he's staying behind for another week because he's like i'm gonna nail this i'm gonna make this thing you know he really works hard he's a really smart guy and i just think people have kind of fallen asleep a little bit and and you know letting him be outside their top 12 you know seems like a bit of a mistake to me absolutely correct i, I love the pick absolutely love the pick of trey lance i've been on trey lance for for a long time ever since he drafted he was my guy last year um made a absolutely stupid trade a couple of weeks ago traded him away for Deshaun Watson, which has blown up in what? my face right now. So <laughs> this why would you is, do yeah, that? <laughs> this is before this new accusation came out. No, um, he's had these accusations out for like two years. Oh no, yeah. I mean the new one. This was after the Browns gave him four billion dollars. Um but yeah anyway we, we won't talk about him. So <laughs> Trey Lance is a great pick and that that brings us to the end of the show where we've discussed Rookies first veterans in Dynasty. It's been it's been fantastic. So before you go, Evan, can you just please let the audience know where they can find you? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Well, first and foremost, I would just like to say that it's been an absolute pleasure being all with you gentlemen, you absolute studs. Um, I hope everybody knows that, you know, I just have been having banter, having a bit of a laugh with you guys. That's just my style. Absolutely love and respect all of you and your takes, even when they're wrong. Um, but it's been absolutely fun. I love it. It's been great. You guys are awesome. You're doing the Lord's work out here, dropping some some knowledge bombs on people on a weekly basis. So I I've had a great time. And I hope that you will have me back sometime. I will promise to send you that money on PayPal. I know that I didn't do it last time, but I will do it this time. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for having me on, guys. I mean, definitely. If you if you guys want to check out Dynasty Debates, I have a lot of fun recording the show. We have some really great guests. Matt's been on there. Um, you know, we've had some guests almost as good as Matt. We've had some really fun guests on talking a lot of stuff. We talk rookies. We talk vets. We talk. You know, we had a draft where we talk about things you can say in the toilet and things you can say in a draft. We just talk everything. You know. Know? all things dynasty all things fantasy we have a great time um really enjoying the show so yeah check it out dynasty debates on any of your podcast listening platforms you can check me out over on twitter at ff evolution uh hit, you can hit up my rankings if you want to Superflex flex premium rankings over at dynasty nerds i'm writing some articles i've been right i'm on a series at the moment writing um kind of looking at the correlation between pff grades and fantasy finishes so does a top 12 pff grade mean anything for fantasy what is the correlation does it matter for a position so those kind of things so you can check out those writings as well but i would suggest that everybody who's listened go and give fantasy wildcard a five-star review because it's an awesome show they're doing an awesome job and make sure you follow all these absolute studs oh thanks for that evan uh, we've absolutely loved having you on tonight so um so it's been great and check him out on twitter and all the work that he's doing there so so thank, thanks for tuning in. Be, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. And also leave us a five-star podcast review. As Evan said, if you have enjoyed tonight's show, and I'm sure you have, 
it really does help getting this exposure to a wider audience and and then join us for our next show where we're going to be having our our wildcard annual dynasty rankings debate so it's going to be it's going to be a spicy show again so i'm looking forward to that so thank you once again have a good one and we'll see you again soon peace When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.